Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow, and alongside me in the studio today is co-host Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you? I'm going to have to go with awesome today, David. You're going to go with awesome? I'm going to go with awesome, yeah. Wow. So yeah. why is that, if you don't mind uh, me asking? Because it was a choice, it wasn't uh, wasn't by any circumstance today. I can tell you that. My, yeah. my grandfather, he used to tell me he'd look down at me and he said, "Boy, you got a lot of quit in you." Well, no, that was a different story. But he would look at me and he would say, <laughs> "What are we trying to uninspire people?" Like <laughs> he would say, "Son, some days you're the ball and some days you're the bat, but you get to choose." Okay. I didn't All know right. what in the world he meant until I was like 35. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's good. My dad used to just, uh, I just knew whenever I did something wrong, my dad would turn the corner of the newspaper over and give me a look. <laughs> he never had to say anything. I Yeah, I would, he would just turn the corner of that newspaper over. I'd see him and I'd run the other way. <laughs> but uh, we are very excited. Uh, today's uh, special guest is Anna Morgan. Anna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege and honor to be with you both. Well, we are really excited to have you. So let's start from the top, if it's okay. Um, yeah. Tell us who you are um, and what all that that you do. You've got a great brand and you're very active on social media and, and that's how we found you. Tell us tell us about yourself. How'd you, how'd you get started and what all are you doing? Yeah, so I'm Anna Morgan, owner of Career BFF. I am a job search strategy and career coach. So I coach job seekers and career changers on how to network, market themselves, build relationships, and ultimately land work that they love. And I'm so incredibly like excited and honored that you're like, you have a great brand because, I mean... I built this brand really organically um, through my years in recruiting. I was an agency headhunter for 10 plus years. And then I was- That's a grueling job. It is. And it's a, you know, I, we've known a lot of people in that business because we use a lot of recruiters, right? Yeah. And we see them regularly do it. And boy, is that a tough way to make a living. Well, it wasn't tougher than the doors I was knocking on selling advertising. Oh, correct. I've done, that. I've done that. Oh yeah. What type <laughs> of advertising was that? It was with a local publication here in Atlanta, like an oh. entertainment um, 
So I was calling on restaurants and retail. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. For like $250, like little tiny uh, mm. squares in the back of a playbill at the theater. And so I walked into a staffing agency and I was just like, I want to do anything except sell advertising. <laughs> and, you know, I had had a career in restaurant and hospitality for many years. So I was great at multitasking, upselling, working with people. And they saw that. And so they recruited me in. And that's where I began learning the basics of selling and recruiting, which propelled my career and advanced with other organizations, was always a top producer um, on the sales side and recruiting side. And after I spent um, about a year in corporate America, I had this massive kind of download. And I was like, you know, I think I should really take this knowledge and experience I'm seeing with job seekers and create a side hustle. And so I started a little Instagram account and started posting content that I was seeing where job seekers were having opportunities to level up and improve their presence and get the attention of recruiters. And that's how Career BFF was born. And I was able to get the approval of my corporate employer to market both simultaneously which was awesome. Oh, so, that's a very good employer. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, especially at that time, I had access to LinkedIn recruiter. So I was actually mm -hmm. posting jobs and marketing my employer and my business. So um, I just continued sharing my experience, strength and hope with job seekers and that, you know, over time, I had always been that person that my friends and family and, you know, acquaintances would re refer people to me because they knew that I knew the insides and outs of recruiting and staffing and self-marketing and branding, essentially. And people are always saying, like, you're so good at that. And I'm like, I'm literally just having so much fun sharing my stories on social media. And, you know, hopefully this information resonates and, and helps someone along in their journey. Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, I encourage all the listeners absolutely to go to your LinkedIn because your attention to detail is very apparent and in the, in the brand, um, it's really sharp. Everything is so well done. Yeah. And it's, um, oh. it's very commendable. No, because you've got, you know, the, the coaching job seekers and helping career changers, mm -hmm. but you do even a lot more than that is I started to look into it and see what you do. I mean, you do everything from like, job search strategy coaching and right? resume critiquing and mm -hmm. LinkedIn strategies and, mm -hmm. and things. Could you tell us some about that? Yeah, absolutely. So some of my most popular requests are a resume audit and a LinkedIn audit. And I've started saying this, you know, I'm kind of like the Chip and Joanna Gaines of resumes. <laughs> I'm a, a fixer upper, right? That's great. <laughs> Um, you know, just remodeling that whole resume, adding more power words, making sure it can get through the applicant tracking solution. I'm extremely passionate about helping people with interview preparation. Um, I work a lot with like late Gen X or early boomers who haven't had to interview in quite some time. Many people have had jobs for five, 10, 15 years. So they've only had to interview internally. So the idea of how do I sell myself in person or on a, a virtual interview is overwhelming. And so having the privilege to guide them through that is such an honor and just helping them practice, you know, being that accountability BFF to give them that safe container where they can feel comfortable to trip over their words and be coached in a way to say things more effectively with more impact where 
their interviewer starts to fall in love with them and nod their head and say, yes, I want to hire this person. Um, and then LinkedIn, I invested in a coach myself, uh, Judy Fox. And having been on the platform for so long. I know, I know Judy Fox. If you haven't had yeah. her on, you should have from, her on. From LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. No, she's actually, she would be a very good guest on the show. She's very good at showing people how to do LinkedIn and how to exactly. leverage LinkedIn. She's very exactly. good. And I had been on the platform. Honestly, I need to look back and like figure out when I joined LinkedIn. But I thought as a recruiter that I knew all the ins and outs of LinkedIn. And I was just resharing other people's information, which is a very small portion of what we do on the platform. And she really helped me find that leadership voice and start building original content where I could share my ideas and my experience. And so I've taken a lot of her principles and customized them, always giving her credit, but to help job seekers be more visible on the platform, how to stand out to recruiters and hiring managers. And that really starts with having that optimized profile from your cover image to a compelling headline to a creative and personalized about section, and then utilizing all the other tools that are available in your profile. And then also really just how you show up and support other people. I'm a big fan of that law of reciprocity, right? If we give yeah. to other people and support other people's content, then you become, you have this warm little audience and people notice when you support their content and they're going to come back and support you. And then you build this like really cool little tribe on LinkedIn yep. and it just continues to expand. And then you take the relationships offline. You do podcasts, you do shows, you do all yep. these different things that expand your, um, you know, personal and professional development, as well as, you know, grow your business and continue to build your brand. Hey, everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth, but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. Yeah. I'm wondering as I look and see how much, um, how much you put into this and how much it, it, I mean, it really shows, and I ask all the listeners, please go, go look at your LinkedIn and, and follow you. Um, what got you started on this path? Was there, was there a specific incident or individual that got you down this road? Because you seem really immersed and really uh, full of what you do. Yeah, so I've always been very passionate about helping job seekers. And, you know, at, at some points I was coached in the corporate environment that I gave too much feedback, which 
if you ask any job seeker, that's what they want. And I understand from the corporate standpoint, they get scared about feedback from liability standpoint. But if these candidates don't know where they're misstepping, then they can't self-correct. And they're just out there on this job search journey, feeling completely alone, especially during this pandemic and isolated, that when somebody takes the time to actually give them constructive feedback, they you end up having a candidate or a career BFF for life. And I have seen that happen, that these people that I've taken the time to be of service to end up being wonderful referral partners and champions and future clients, right? So, you know, I stumbled into this just by being of service to other people. And, you know, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning to really help people along this path. And I feel like, I'm sorry, I forgot the first part of your question. <laughs> no, that's okay. You you actually even answered our our what is your cause, your purpose, your why. Right. right. Find yeah. what you and do. I, and you actually just answered that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and then like so many other people, I was in this corporate setting um, for a year and we had hired my third boss. And at that time I was mm. like, Oh, yeah. you know, this is interesting. And I'm, uh, you know, I have a little woo woo in me. So full transparency, I'm a yoga instructor and, um, a really a life changing event was I went on kind of a women's spiritual retreat to Costa Rica oh, and yes. it was through kind of that moving meditation and connection with nature and just a lot of soul searching that I was like, you know, if I'm really honest with myself, I don't feel like I'm, I'm cut out for corporate America. Like it is not in my DNA to like, you know, it get in it's all the gossip. For, it's and, absolutely not for everybody. You know, and I, I just said, there's a better way that I can show up in the world. And that right. was really what was revealed to me through that experience. And I came home and, and started Career BFF. And then, you know, the universe provides. I said, you know, two years, I'm going to give myself two years to learn my coaching skills, develop these programs and all that kind of stuff. And Unfortunately, our, the new boss that we had hired and I did not get along. We were polar opposites and I was hit with a, a little bit of an unfavorable performance review in March when we halted mm. all recruiting. Oh, and, oh, the recruiting industry got pummeled in March. Yeah, so they were like, no recruiting, don't do right. anything. Oh, and right. so here I am, my core strength is recruiting and talent acquisition. So they had us answering this HR hotline and I was asking for special projects, but we just kept butting heads. And then I got the call on May 1st that my position was eliminated due to COVID business needs and sometimes performance. Mm -hmm. Even though I had been named the person that had turned around the reputation of HR within the organization, you know, sometimes yep. it's one person if it, it doesn't work out then, but it was a blessing in disguise. And she pushed me into entrepreneurship and here I am today building an awesome brand, being able to support my family, have flexibility to support my daughter in virtual learning and doing something that just lights me up every day. Yep. Well, I think that was a huge shift that we all learned in March, April, May. I mean, we're in the technology field. So we do cybersecurity, managed IT, things like that. So we understand remote work remoting in, getting things done. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of all of our clients had no idea. They didn't believe anybody worked unless they were sitting in a cubicle right in front of them. Yeah. And it's like, 
guys, you can you can get a lot more done, you know, back to back. I mean, we're able to do 10, 15 Zoom meetings in an eight, nine hour day. And mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Yeah. We're able to get it done and we're able right. to have meaningful dialogue and move the needle so much faster than we were when we were booking two meetings in a day, driving right. an hour and right. a half. Running to around town. Driving yeah. around the right. cost the bar. Yeah. Like yeah. our, our profitability skyrocketed because mm-hmm. uh, the cost and expense went down. Yeah, amazing. So, and, you know, at the time I was raising my hand thinking, you know, and I feel like, you know, sometimes we're just not made for corporate, right? A little too right. creative, a little too much, a little too outspoken. And I kept saying like, why aren't we recruiting? Like, this is a perfect time to build our employment brand, which ties into what we were talking about absolutely. today. We could be talking to all the best talent across the world and be building this bench strength. So when the floodgates open, which they did, right. and they had to hire two contract recruiters to fill my seat and get those positions filled that, you know, you could have just slid them in, in the role. But, you know, they weren't ready for that kind of big thinking at that time, you know, right. and they were too afraid of like over-promising and under-delivering. But, it's all about building relationships. And I feel like that was a great idea. I don't know what y'all think, but I know those were uncertain times and leaders were having to make tough decisions. Right. And I get it, you know? So I wanna hear, I'm, I'm just curious. And because I'm, I'm, I'm the deep spiritual one, Dave is, he's the beauty. I'm the spiritual side. Wow, you're like <laughs> as deep as a Dixie <laughs> cup, man. Oh, I want to. I want to hear more, and I know our listeners really like this. And, and I'll tie. You this even in know who Simon Sinek is. I'll tie this. Our in whole po- our whole podcast is founded. Okay, never mind. Let's, I'll tie this. We'll in take that end. offline. We'll take. Okay. That I want to hear more about the the women's retreat and the the meditation, and I like I like to hear about that. Yeah. So you know I. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that question coming from you. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Sorry, Anna. I apologize. (laughs) You know, I I pride myself on being a life learner, someone who's very coachable. And, you know, one of your questions was, you know, what are, what was a life event that was a catalyst for a lot of change in your life? And I stopped drinking back in 2011. Um, So I've not had any alcohol for over nine years. And that was the beginning of my self-development and my deepening of my spiritual connection. And I decided to start learning yoga because I was going on this spiritual re- retreat to Costa Rica. And a lot of it was just really um, breath work to uh, get into a deep meditative state, to release any old stories, any trauma, any thing that we were holding on to that's no longer serving us. and. Right. Just being in that safe container with guides that know how to help women through alchemize some of this energy was just so powerful. And I'm the oldest of five kids, so I've always had a lot of people around me. Ah, uh, you're the you're the responsible one. Uh huh. I was yeah. like the. Uh, the I'm second. the baby. I'm the baby of three boys, so that Are you? answers yeah, every question that anybody has ever wondered about me. Yeah. So, my younger brother got away with murder. Oh, that's exactly right. And it was like, by that the time exactly he got to high school, right. my parents were like, totally done. <laughs> that's exactly right. But, you know, my, my older two, my older two brothers, they were always concerned about, you know, where they were, what was going yeah. on. 
When I was 10 years old, I'll just share this short story. When I was 10 years old, two buddies of mine and myself, the oldest only being 13, we lived in Chicago. We hopped two buses, went to a Cubs game, and came back and had dinner. We were gone the whole time. There was not an adult with us. I came back with a Cubs hat on, and my parents were like, who won? Like, that was it. That was the question? Not how did I, I get the money to this? Like, how did we do the this? House. Right. Like, where were the parents? Where were, who took you? They were like, what did you do today? They were like, my dad, who was a Sox fan, didn't even like the Cubs. He goes, did the Cubs lose? Like, I hope they lost. I'm like, well, yeah, they did, but I got a new hat. Like, they, there was no question about How did you have money to get a hat? I oh, It was actually money that we had from cutting lawns at the time. Oh, okay. okay. Which was big you business. You were a very back responsible in. 11-year-old or 13-year-old. Well, yeah, so. I was I was like 10 or 11. But life yeah, was, I mean, life was, was different in 1940. So I was going to say, there was yeah. always a side hustle in Chicago. Be, be, being so a teenager in 1940 you gotta, you know, America was totally yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah, your parents provide you with like room and board, but yeah, there's got to be a side hustle when you're. A yeah, kid. isn't that so funny? I'm I'm 45 and my husband's 47, and you know this age of our kids at you know 11, 12, you know you're trying to keep teach them some of these adulting things, and I mean we caught ourselves telling her like he was like. You know, when I was 11, both my parents worked. We had to get ourselves up. We had to make our own breakfast, you know, and I had a paper route at 6 a.m. and all this yeah. stuff. But I looked at it and I'm like, we've turned into our parents. <laughs> we are oh, yeah. Parents. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so, yeah, I think it was just the, the, you know, being in nature, like just being quiet um, and really kind of listening to that. Um, that message of like, you know, what does the universe have in mind for me? And when, when you go in a place like that and you can just be super uh, present and very in your body and in your heart and really listen for those messages, um, so much comes through. And, and that was really, you know, the big message was, you know, something big is coming for you. And you know, it turned out That's that. That's excellent. That's excellent. That was it. Yeah. That's excellent. So at this point, I think let's take a short break and okay. let's play some brand culture okay. trivia. All right. So we're going to play the intro that. right now and then we're going to come back with our first question. Okay. Keep in mind, there's a lot on the line. 14,684. Oh, <laughs> and that number changes all the time because I, oh. I keep forgetting what I said in the initial ad. But mm. it's right around that amount. Our accountants are working on the details. Right. And uh, there's a lot on the line. So let's play the intro, and there we go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless, but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. 
David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Here is the first question. How do you come up with these questions, by the way? Oh, it's complicated. There's a lot of formula. We use, you know, Watson, IBM's Watson. It's a very, very complicated. It's like a secret formula. algorithm he has. Oh, it's very it's complicated. I'm going to this hard. probably you do know, better at this than me. Late, late, I'll tell it's you, really lately, bad. though, people have been winning too easily, so I think I'm going to make this a little bit more difficult. So let's see what we can do. in my do. life lately. Yeah, let's see what we can do. Okay. okay. What Diet Cola drink did Coca-Cola introduce in 1963? What Diet Cola drink did Coca-Cola introduce in Diet 1963? Diet Dr. Pepper? No. Dr. Pepper's Pepsi, isn't it? No. Nope. nope. Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm going with nope. Diet Dr. Pepper. RC nope. Light. Keep guessing. RC Light. Nope. Keep Remember that? guessing. RC Light. It's Coca-Cola. Uh, RC's <laughs> It's. I'll Ginger give you a hint. No, I'll give you a hint. It had pink cans. Diet Pepsi. Oh. Pink uh, Diet Fanta. Nope. Ooh, I do like nope. Fanta. My mother oh, had uh, Diet High C lemonade. Oh, nope. Grape drink. It's Coca Cola grape drink. Is grape drink a brand, Mark? We've had grape this discussion. Drink. Grape drink is not a brand. In no. my, my it's not a company. Nobody goes to the, the factory <laughs> pumping out grape, grape drink. drink. It's no. not a brand. No. All right, I'm going to have to shove it. Anybody uh, else? Any other guesses? Uh, no, a pink can. Unless <sighs> I cheat in Google. Okay, it. I'm going to. Oh, White Claw. <gasps> no. White Claw. Like White, White Claw. Claw just came out. I do like White Claw. Okay, I am here in the global studios of. Uh, Brandology podcast. So right here is my shelf where I keep all of the questions that nobody has ever answered. You can see right there that folder, the green folder right there. Can you guys see that? <laughs> yeah. Right there is where I'm going to shelve this question. Here you go. I'll give you the answer. I'll give you the Literally. answer. The answer is tab. <gasps> uh, I tab was tab oh. was the very first diet cola drink ever. Plus, it was from 1963, but it was popular in the 80s and 70s. I was thinking when we lived in Fort Lauderdale and yeah. my dad owned four dealerships and I remember his ah. partner's wife, she had the big hair and she always had the tab. <laughs> it had the tab. Oh, like my mom. <laughs> sitting out by the pool, yes. Oh, cool. oh <laughs> yeah, that sounds like my mom. Oh, yeah. Last from the past. I don't think yep. I would ever drink that. My parents didn't let us have soda. I don't think that it's allowed. So I think it's outlawed. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it had a bunch of stuff that was <laughs> yeah. like completely like <laughs> half rat poison, half something else. Right. Sorry, Coca-Cola. In case you, we apologize if you ever wanted to sponsor us. We were just kidding. We were totally kidding. We retract all of those statements. Yeah. And we will have legal counsel contact you. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to switch gears. We're going to do a company slogan. You're okay. going to tell me the brand or product name. Ooh. Company slogan. For example, Great I'm loving it. McDonald's. McDonald's. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. 
The slogan is for question number two, which is really question number one because I had to shelve the first one. Taste the rainbow. Skittles. McDonald's. Yes. Skittles, Skittles, Skittles. Yes. Mark, what did you just say? Dunkin' Donuts? McDonald's. McDonald's. Well, you said McDonald's? McDonald's? Taste know. the rainbow? I didn't understand the question. Can you use it in the form of a verb? Yes. Can I yes. phone a friend? You are as worthless as an empty <laughs> bag of Skittles. No, wait, that's not a verb. That's what happens from watching you, Cartoon Network all day. When I asked you for help, you sent me to Skittles. How's that? No, that's still not a verb. I can't use Skittles as a verb. verb. All right. It's hard. This is hard. Why don't you oh. skiddle out of here? Yeah. Well, that's okay. Adjective. Skittle, the singular, could be used. Okay, very good. Good <laughs> job, Anna. That's why you have the brand, and I have Mark. So there we go. All right. Okay, let's keep going. Um, and it's okay, because he makes fun of me in actual business meetings. I get to... <laughs> Rally him. I bet you guys are fun to work with. It all comes out in the wash. Yeah, it all comes out in the wash. It all comes out in, in the, the wash. blood, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Okay, and we are fun to work with. Trust me. Yeah, we had a client today screaming at us at the beginning and then laughing by the end. Yeah. So wow. we diffuse people by humor. We, we don't have we, problems. We have opportunities. Excellent. That's right. We don't look at anything as a problem. It's, it's an just an opportunity. Exactly. I like your right. thinking. <laughs> so, okay, here we go. Here's the slogan. Tell me the brand or company. You're going down, Mark. Oh, no. Oh, he is. <laughs> What's in your wallet? About $2 and some fuzz. Dear Lord. <clears throat> I think it's a credit card. Amex, MasterCard, Discover, Visa. Keep going. Not, Din not Diners Club. Diners. Uh, Who uses oh, AARP? AARP? Is <laughs> that because I'm the oldest one on the podcast? <laughs> That's terrible. I'm mad at you now, Anna. That's <laughs> Don't be mad. So which is it? It's a credit card, right? It is a credit card. Right. Well, we haven't said it. No, we have not said it. Capital One. No. Yes. Yes, I used to have a Capital She's One card. Got it. She's got like it. one of my first cards out of college. Two to nothing. Two to nothing. Mark, this is Not the that part. I'm competitive or anything, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Right, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> and this is the part of the brand culture trivia in which I point out obvious math to Mark. It's two to nothing. If you had 100,000 times what you have right now, Anna would still be winning. Obvious math. So yeah. let's keep going. All right, this is a tough one. Shave time, shave money. Shave time, shave Did list money. Just kick in. Save time, save money. Shave time, shave money. Shave money. Save time, save money. No, oh, Mark. Mark, listen like English. Mark, English. Shave time. Shave money. I think it has to do with one of those like shave box mail delivery type things. Barbershop. Yes, it does. What's the name of one? It's a razor. 
Wasn't it like the Dollar Save Club? Or yes, that's <laughs> it. You're the first guest. That's huge. I was going to order it for my husband. That is fantastic. Then, There's all the first of all, first of all, Actually, the ad, the ad for that is one of the best ads I've ever seen from a startup ever. Like okay. it was a startup when they did the ad. You should Google the ad. I ask everybody, anybody that is listening to this, mm -hmm. all four of you, mm -hmm. to please, <laughs> to please watch Dollar Shave Club. Just Google it and mm -hmm. look at their ad. It is one of the funniest things ever. Like mm -hmm. after doing that, I'm like, oh, this guy's a genius. It's going to yeah. be around forever. And guess what? It is. It, awesome. That was like 10 years ago and he's still around. He I liked that. Apple's new uh, remote um, ad that they, yes. I thought that was, it was like watching a little mini trailer, but I was yes. cracking up throughout the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it was very Steve Jobs-esque, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very, there was meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, what, what I loved was when um, Steve Jobs did the, um, the Think Different campaign. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, this is, this is after he had left Apple and then he came back. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how um, it's a very noisy world. Mm -hmm. And because and it's a very complicated world, mm -hmm. and how we have a very limited chance. Anybody, no matter who your brand is, mm -hmm. very limited chance to get someone's attention. And so you have to be crystal clear about what you want them to hear about you. Mm -hmm. Don't start yeah. going down a rabbit hole, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you? You have no luxury. You have mm -hmm. to get your message across, and it has to be meaningful. And, and, and it was just so amazing on how they just talked about like thinking differently and mm -hmm. um, and, and he yeah. he kind of he kind of made a 2.0 version of what they had originally done back in the 80s with the 1984 video where when they introduced the Macintosh they pushed out that you know all of these people kind of were robots because at the time IBM, was the brand for computers, mm -hmm. but it was for business. No one had them at home. Yeah. And his whole thing is his hippie philosophy, which we now worldwide oh. embrace, right? right? Was this needs to be in the power of the people, mm -hmm. right? And so his whole thing was honing in on George Orwell's 1984, which was big state government, big state, big corporate entity with one leader dictating everything mm -hmm. his whole thing was break that shatter that and mm -hmm. give the power of the of the of the computer to everybody and mm -hmm. so that's when they said 1984 will be nothing like 1984 mm -hmm. and that's when he said in october of 1984 we are going to release the macintosh and that's when that was everybody's first cool computer because that, that was yeah. the first one that had the mouse and the keyboard yeah. and everything else exactly. and he got that right he got that from visiting xerox park over in um uh you know a printing company over in california at the time and he went and he and they had this gui this you know this you know user interface that allowed people to have folders and to click and to do that and he's like let's give that to everybody Let's mm -hmm. make it, let's make it, a, it's not cheap, but let's democratize it. Mm 
And that's the reason we are able to do this from remote locations. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it really is one of those things that has changed the world. Kind of yeah. like Uber, kind of like Uber. Uber changed yeah. the world, right? And like they it, have, yeah. I mean, they really have. And, and yeah, I think we're going to see a ton more innovation like Uber, especially with hospitality and events. Yes. And, and I'm curious to see um, how that's going to go. What's your thought on that? What's your thought on that? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think we're all still going to want the traditional kind of high end, uh, you know, great type of outing for dinner, right? Like last right. night we went to this place in Atlanta called um, Lazy Betty's and it was an eight course meal and it was just high quality, you know, just an amazing experience, right? And we yep. take it for granted because we've been cooking for ourselves for the past four or five months, right? Right. But, you know, I think we're going to see like maybe more food trucks or more mobile type of situations or more uh, mobile kitchens. I mean, I'm not really sure. Um, just a way to you know, more social distance and protect, you know, ourselves and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, I'm, I've always been very intrigued in all aspects of, of branding, which is why I'm just having so much fun with career BFF and um, tying back into Steve, Steve Jobs and how I coach job seekers on LinkedIn. A lot of people are so hesitant to connect with people, right? Because when we first got onto LinkedIn, it was like only connect with your coworkers or your clients or your prospects or right. yep, people yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And his quote is, you know, we can only connect the dots uh, looking backwards. We cannot connect the dots looking forward. So we have to trust in something, something, destiny, karma, intuition, um, to guide us to those connections or those, you know, um, experiences that, and it's then that we will evolve and see how those dots connected because, you know, you never know some of your most unlikely connections can be the best gate openers or referral sources for job seekers and for people in sales or just in networking in general. Correct. I mean, we, everybody looks for meaning in life, whether it's mm -hmm. through organized religion or the universe or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah. And all we can do, nobody can predict the future. All we can do is draw upon the past exactly. and, and impose, you know, rules and um, try and make the world a better place. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment and share with you the great services offered by our friend Anna Morgan, the owner of Career BFF. She coaches job seekers and career changers to network, build relationships, and market themselves. She provides actionable tools and tricks to help job seekers get hired faster. She's a rescuer of animals and careers and an active supporter of Evelyn's Place Rescue, a nonprofit that saves dogs and cats from high kill shelters throughout the state of Georgia. And now back to our episode. And you just, you, you never know. Like I, when I worked in staffing, I, I partnered with a, a young gal that, did marketing for a massage and a chiropractic office. And she called me one day and at the time I was, you know, selling staffing and she said, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I'm going into this call center for this big gas company in Atlanta. And if you will sponsor the breakfast, I'll introduce you to the HR people. 
I was like, heck yes. So I bought $100 worth of chicken biscuits yeah, right. and uh, orange juice. Because you know recruiters, they love to deliver food, right? Right. And she did the chair massages for the call center. I built the relationship with the HR manager. And then we ended up landing a 200-seat contract call center. Wow. So it's like That's you never crazy. know. And right. if we're not staying top of mind, telling our story, uh, consistently and like you said not spreading yourself uh, too far and being you know the expert in your area then those kinds of conversations and opportunities will evolve like Anna introducing me to y'all right yeah exactly, exactly. yeah and when she mentioned Anna she meant uh, Anna, Anna Cabrera mm -hmm. right who is very and 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 maybe we touched on that real quick before mark mark has a a key question he always asks as we wrap okay. up. But be before, the but before be we wrap one. up, yeah, because Mark is the deep one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very spiritual. I like it. Before we, before we get there, um, I don't want to let you go before. Like Anna was very vulnerable with us, and she was very open about challenges with mental illness and things like that. Mm -hmm. Tell us about. You said you stopped drinking in 2011, and I'm not prying at all. Mm -hmm. um, did you find a program that helped? Because um, if we can help someone, there's, yeah. you know, substance abuse, alcoholism, all of those are very prevalent mm -hmm. throughout professional careers. Um, yes, absolutely. I have a, I, you know, my prior life, I was a trial lawyer and it was everywhere. The judge I was in front of half the time was mm -hmm. reeking of alcohol. Like there was, there was just, and it wasn't, it's not a bad person and they've gotten better now and they're doing mm -hmm. great but it's it it's the pressure of life that just mm -hmm. makes people crack what is it yeah. that that spiritually changed you if you're mm -hmm. willing to open up to the listeners yeah absolutely so you know i grew up in a household of you know my parents drank a lot their friends drank a lot i you know um drank and partied in, in high school and college and um when we moved to Tampa and after I became a mom, I, I just noticed that I, my drinking was escalating and that phenomenon of craving that they talk about, um, right. or they teach in Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was like, I would get this twinge in the back of my, my throat at like four o'clock and yeah, I would always out drink my husband and I never had any major consequences, never had a DUI, never had any jail right. time, none of that. Right. But I just knew Which that. then reinforces the behavior. Right. And so I was like, you know, I'm just a, you know, I'm a binge drinker. I'm a drinker social drinker. I'm a binge drinker. Right? Whatever. Right. Yeah. And so. Well, and young kids will definitely want you, make you want to. I mean, that's right. a given. Right. Yeah. Like, and so. We've all had young kids here. So. Right. I had a couple, you know, like minor little scares and. You know, by the grace of God, my sister got sober before before me, my younger sister. Ah, so you had some guidance or some so, camaraderie. But here's the sick thing is like so many of us in our family that were still kind of partying, we were like, oh, AA is like a cult. Her problem's not drinking. It's men. You know, like we had right. all these opinions. And, you know, or just, as drinkers say, you guys are quitters. Yeah, you guys yeah. are quitters. You're like, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> really? So, I called her up one day and, you know, I was feeling really blue and, you know, I, I was conflicted about work. I just, I felt like I was feeling as a mom and a wife and, and she said to me, Anna, she said, go find an AA meeting. They will love you until you can love yourself. Yep. And I thought, wow. And then my next thought was, 
I don't want to pay for therapy, so I'm going to go to AA so I can get free therapy. Yeah. <laughs> was my initial thought, right? Right. And I went, and you know, I think one of the key characteristics of people who do recovery well is humility and willingness to listen. And that's what they teach you in those programs. Right. To to mm -hmm. be, and I luckily surrounded myself with some amazing women who were laughing, professionals, like just rock stars right and they didn't drink and they taught me how to live life as an adult because i was kind of emotionally stunted i was probably like a you know 13 year old 30 year old at the time right and um they showed me the way and i stuck with them i followed their direction i um you know sponsored other women i still oh, that's good that's good and you know right. that's what when we are of service to other people, that keeps us sane. And it's that attitude of gratitude and that humility of sharing the experience, strength and hope of recovery and or job search strategy. You know, there's yeah. a lot of similarities in my, the principles of my coaching. And I did a post about the serenity prayer for job seekers. And I've been kind of thinking about a 12 step post for job seekers too. So right. wow. look out for that. Wow. I, I've got that kind of tooling around in my head. Oh, I you're going yeah, to have to let us know how that works out because we will definitely get behind that, support that and push that out to everybody. I think awesome. Would, awesome. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap it up and we, we wind down, David's right. I always, I have a deep, really philosophical question I like to ask because the, the answers are so diverse and the I, listeners really enjoy it. <laughs> it's, it's just so deep. <laughs> no, but it's, I just really like to, I like to always ask people. My heart's starting to race. I like to ask I still don't like, think he knows who Simon Sinek or Brene Brown or any of those people are. Yet. I tried hey, to I've given him the books. I bought all the books. To, I was trying to Google them, but it looked, it looked awkward like I'm typing while you're all watching. So I just, I let it go. Yeah. So Brene Brown is one of my favorite authors and her. I don't think he knows who that is. That's okay. Really? No, he, of course he, he knows. We're just teasing. We're, I just tease. Yeah. Of course. Her Gift of Imperfections book like changed my life. Yes. Yeah, we, we had, and we just had uh, Dr. Rosie Ward on our podcast, and she just had an, uh, she's a certified uh, um, Dare to Lead uh, oh. leader from Brene Brown. And yeah. in fact, she had Bob. do that. That's awesome. Oh, she's yeah. And she has listen listened to her episode. Her episode is fantastic. She is yeah. so yeah. inspiring. She's That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I and actually have a tattoo. I don't tell many people this, but it's a it says "I am enough" right on my wrist. There you Only go. Can see there it. you go. Um, but yeah, it's, she's that's excellent. Beautiful. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah, I want to meet oh. her someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will connect. She's on LinkedIn. You should connect yeah, to yeah, to to Dr. Rosie Ward. Okay. And say you were just on our podcast. Okay. We had a great time and she was so insightful. She actually had Bob Chapman on, who's the head of Barry Waymailer, who okay. is the best culture of any company I've ever seen in America ever. Didn't he, he because, wrote the foreword for her book? Yes, he wrote the foreword oh. for her book and she just released a book. He voluntarily reached out to her to write the foreword for the book. That's Incredible. the type of guy he is. And yes, he an came on to a, a plan. It was really interesting because he turned this business around because there was a difference between 
people in sales and management and the manufacturing people, right? right. The manufacturing people had to work from a whistle or a bell and couldn't make a personal phone call mm -hmm. and all of this. And they're like, we're treated like animals and you want us to work harder than you do. Mm -hmm. And he goes, that's got to change right now. Right now. And he did it. He changed the culture. And guess what? It changed the It business. was good for business. Yeah. That's the message of this whole brandology podcast mm -hmm. is when you treat people better and you yeah. make them safe, they will do more for you mm -hmm. than when you berate them and micromanage them. That's yeah. the whole philosophy behind what we're based on. Yeah. I've been doing some more reading about um, psychological safety in the corporate environment yes. as it relates to culture. Because right now it doesn't even exist. No, and my short time in corporate, but I've, you know, on the agency side, worked with tons of organizations yeah. throughout the country. Oh, yeah. I think it's such an opportunity for leaders and, you know, again, all the things that Brene Brown shares, leaders, they're just, there's so much opportunity and just- It takes guts though. It, it, it's hard because I've been, mm -hmm. you know, before I was in Mark's role, right? Mm -hmm. And now I manage a whole bunch of Marks and engineers and operations and help you. there's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. to cut costs and do this and when they pull out spreadsheets and they're like, well, let's cut people. Mm -hmm. That's when I have to have the bravery and the, mm -hmm. the courage to say, no, we will cut this, mm -hmm. right? Like, because up until the 80s and 90s, nobody ever did that in the United mm -hmm. States. We never cut people yeah. Yeah. to mm -hmm. make the bottom line. We volunteered, everybody take a 20%, 30% pay cut. Everybody right. do this temporarily mm -hmm. so that we all survive And then when right. things get better, we all get better, right? Yeah. But nobody ever just said, well, we could let Bob go. We can let Carol go. We can mm -hmm. do this. And then we all keep going the way we're going. Mm -hmm. It's It I takes bravery like when you're a leader yeah. to do that. Yeah. And sadly, some organizations have used COVID and this pandemic as a way to right. get people that they are felt were, you know, too much to develop or... Stuff like that, which is kind of ugly, um, and I hate. Or that, they but... just didn't like personally, which is ridiculous, right? Because right. at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's about production and culture and everything else. I mean, the the whole point of what I love about Seven Cinex thing is if you can inspire somebody, mm -hmm. you can get them to work with your blood, sweat, and tears, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to just. micromanaging them and getting them to work just enough not to get fired. Yeah. Well, right? and so you see there's a big difference. There's a big difference. I've worked for both. Mm -hmm. I personally have worked for both. I've worked for people that I couldn't stand and literally I put my minimum effort in. I looked good, but I put mm -hmm. my minimum effort in just to not get fired. Now mm -hmm. I'm with an organization that I love and they're good people and And, and I want to get up and work. Mm -hmm. I want to do the right thing. Like, yeah. I want to do that. And I want to tell Mark and everybody else that works for me, guys, this is a good place. If yeah. you put your heart in, they got your back. Like, it's a good place. And mm -hmm. that's what's been demonstrated to me over and over and over. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we have to, we have to let people go sometimes, but it's mm -hmm. usually because they shouldn't have been here, right? Mm -hmm. Or it was a bad hire. Right. Or we, we never really should have started with them, but, right. but that's, that's reality. That's not business. Right. right. Um, 
yeah. So anyway, that's I'm off my soapbox. So, so, so Mark, go ahead and ask your uh, deep question. Go ahead so and box down. Good job. Good job. No, I was just going to ask him, as we always do, as we wrap up the show, and we obviously like to thank you for your time and thank yep. you for your transparency. Thank yeah, you for your insight. So and again, I want to drive the listeners to to find you on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, because I really believe in your brand and I really believe in what you're doing. And I think people need to seek you out. Um, and we have a good contingency in Atlanta. So I encourage all our Atlanta uh, listeners. Atlanta, to, yeah. yeah. Yes, Absolutely. That's a great We're town. Going, big group. Yeah, down. if y'all are ever in town, I've, I've got some hot spots for right. dinners. So let yes. me know. Great town. But I always like to wrap up. And again, I always like to ask, um, looking back at all you've done and everything you've achieved and what you've got going on and the brand you've built, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be? Mm. Do y'all want to guess based on what you <laughs> The answers are so diverse. The Delta is huge when it comes here. Performer. Oh, really? Okay. What's your no. guess, Mark? Hmm. President. Oh gosh, I love you. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. A vet? Really? Yeah. That's a great so, career. I, mean, I, I, volunt I worked in animal hospitals all through high school Ooh. and um, oh, wow. that's really, Good. I mean, I literally would sneak dogs into my basement. <laughs> I, I went on a, we are Catholic and I went on my confirmation retreat, came back with a pregnant dog <laughs> hid her in the basement until she had puppies found homes for the puppies so it was kind of a matchmaker back then uh you know finding homes for the dogs and um yeah so it just evolved and then i did go to uga for two years which mm -hmm. they have a great vet program um but that's when my partying kind of got in the way of that and i went in a different direction uh, which i landed in hospitality and sales and recruiting and i couldn't be more grateful for the the direction that's gone into but my daughter has inherited my same animal obsession we have four rescue dogs and she sent me a text today saying I found a puppy husky for adoption on Google. Oh, no. Oh, so I was like, love. get off the internet. Looks like five. There's five. That's we it. We five. love huskies. No, I really, you know, I really saw you. I saw you like foregoing like the electoral college and the popular vote to like an arm wrestling competition for president of the United States. I mean, you good. would win. You'd be hands down. You'd take I mean, I played every sport <laughs> under the sun. I'm super competitive and oftentimes would win, you know, the best sportsmanship awards. And I am a volunteer lacrosse coach now. And I think oh, my lacrosse is not a wimpy sport in fact when i i left i went to school in virginia for a little while came back to atlanta and there was no lacrosse in 1994 here except the uh, mm. boys lacrosse and i played goalie on an all-men's team here wow. in atlanta wow yeah. that right there is something As a senior the listeners need to think about when you think of anna morgan think there. of a goalie think of goalie and lacrosse if you haven't seen a lacrosse game can you stop like, the majority you think soccer of can be tough or basketball or football? Add sticks involved <laughs> and the fact that it's okay to, to bash somebody. Mile an hour ball. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it was interesting. Once the, the opponents figured out there was a female in the goal, uh, it got interesting. But luckily, I had oh, some yeah. amazing teammates that I'm still friends with today that that's I great. Touch yeah. Well, we're definitely going to have to have you back because I got yeah. more questions to ask. Okay about the logo absolutely 
about about the lacrosse now. <laughs> oh yeah. And I want to re-challenge on the trivia. So we've definitely this won't be the last Anytime. time. Anytime. This right. won't be the last time we talk. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really well, appreciate it. We're glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for being on. We really appreciate Absolutely. it, Anna. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, this will wrap up the session with Anna Morgan and the Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow, and co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, say goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Anna, Bye. thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast. It means a lot. We're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for subjects, great brands that have risen and fallen, great case studies, or fantastic guests that you'd like to see, please reach out to us. Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. That's Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening.